Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, everyone, and we are excited to have you on the show today. We are uh, waiting for our co-host, Mr. Jay Logan, to come on from San Francisco. We have some very special people listening in today, and we're quite excited. We have on the show today as a guest, Miss Anne Marie Margaret. Miss sorry, Anne Margaret Redding. She is an international speaker, trailblazer, thought leader, music artist, uh, you name it, and a renowned yoga teacher and has been all over the world, and we are so excited to have her. Now, I know you might be saying, wow, how can one person be all those things? Oh, and I meant to say she's also an interfaith minister as well. This is a woman who's truly dedicated her life to making a difference in the world, and we're really excited to have her. We're waiting for Jay Logan to come in from San Francisco. He should be on shortly, but while we're doing that, we'll have Miss Anne Margaret Reddy come on with us, so let's not keep her any longer. Hello, Anne Margaret. How are you? Hi, Gail. I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. We are so excited to have you on the show today. And, you know, uh, you do so much amazing work, and we want to share. You know, and also there's so many young people out there that would love to do the work that you're doing. And they don't even know how to get started, Anne Marie. Okay? I'm sorry, Anne Margaret. Sorry, and margaret so many of them don't even know how to get started, where to get started, or anything like that. And we hope that, you know, through listening to all the amazing things you've done, that it will illuminate their path as well, okay? Um, and mm-hmm. margaret we ask that as we ask you the questions, okay, that you will just tailor your answers to the questions so we don't let all the goodies out, okay? Is that okay with you? Okay. Sure. All right, great, because, you know, we don't want to let them know too much of the good stuff before we get to the end. Would you agree? Sure, no problem, yeah. That sounds great. Okay. All right. So, you know, Anne-Margaret, one of the things, you know, you are, you've been a music artist and still are, an international speaker, renowned thought leader. You know, you've been written up in publications. You do so much with yoga and everything, Okay. You know, yeah. one of the things we would love to know, you know, is looking back, you know, over all the things that you've done, all right? We want to start with one of the, you know, first areas that, you know, this is personal for me because I've known you for many years, and one of those things was music, all right? Can you tell us, if you don't mind, you know, how you got started you know, in these areas, you know, we know you as a trailblazer, music artist, renowned yoga teacher, international speaker. Can you tell us how you started in your music? One of the first areas that I even know you from. Sure. Thanks, Gail. I started in music when I was four years old. My parents were so generous and enrolled me in piano lessons. And so I started with classical piano as my basis. And it was truly the first form of therapy of self-reflection, of self-expression for me so that I was able to channel the emotions that were going through me all through my childhood through composers like Bartok and Beethoven and, and Chopin and Mendelssohn, and all of them helped me to begin to connect with myself more deeply. Wow. Well, can you share with us, you know, like the type of music that you play and, you know, where your music has taken you? 
Sure, absolutely. Uh, when I moved to New York City, I had already been composing my own music more so in the realm of, of rock, of, of bluesy pop music. And I remember compiling my first bandmates together and charting for them classical notation, notated charts and then look at me and say, well, what's a C64 instead of indicating what what note was in the bass. So when I first started playing with musicians here in the city, I had a lot to learn based on not having a jazz background or not having more of a, a just a, a more a broader approach to music. It was very strictly classical. So then music became very important to me. Uh, when I released my first album in 2003, I spent six weeks on the road and promoting that album uh, and just the expression of music, composition of music has been truly my heart's longing throughout the whole process and have, has uh, padded my journey in order to be able to have the me time, the expression that I need in order to do the work that I do. Okay. Well, you know, I happen to see a video, okay, of you mm-hmm. doing Cheryl Crow, okay? Tell us a mm. little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm not sure which video you're looking at, but Cheryl Crow, there are so many wonderful artists that were uh, back in the day uh, inspirations for me, artists that were truly developed as, as artists, as uh, as artistic singer-songwriters, rather than focusing so much on product. And artist development has really not been there so much in the past 15 years or so. It's really been dying out for the sake of creating very quick uh response as a result for a promotional, the promotional uh, uh, endeavors of, of, of uh, record labels or, or, um, or, you know, advertising companies to get things out there faster, more expensive, more endorsed. Uh, so those artists continue to inspire me from back in the days where I was learning how to express myself. And every once in a while in my sets, I'll cover those artists that have really inspired me. Wow. I continue. I no, still play no. live. I play concerts at least once a month with uh, just an acoustic concert, and then I usually play with my band as well. Well, you know, we actually saw you in a video on YouTube playing live to one of Cheryl Crow's songs. And we thought yes. it was amazing. Oh, we thought so it was much. amazing. Yeah, we loved it. We were like, oh, my goodness, where is this voice coming from, you know? And we were like, oh, okay, this is my friend who I've known for a long time. And, you know, it's just kind of exciting to know someone and just see all of the amazing work, you know, that you have actually done. You know what I mean? You know, and one of the other things, Anne-Margaret, that we want to also ask you about is the Living Passion Tour, Okay. This was very special to me because, you know, as we as we get into this interview more, people will find out more of the work you did. But this was right after Columbine, all right? Can you tell mm-hmm. us why, you know, you what the Living Passion Tour was, why you did it, what made you get, you know, get into this area, you know what I mean, where I'm sure, you know, as an artist you could have done so many other things. But would you share with us a little bit about what the Living Passion Tour was? Sure. Uh, So I was raised in Littleton, Colorado, and in 1999, we know that the Columbine High School tragedy happened. 
And right after that, I moved to New York City and then experienced 9-11 when, when I was just first living here. And um, from those experiences, I was forever changed because clearly there's something that there, there was a lack of peace. There's a lack of healing that really needed to be brought forth. And I know how healing music had been for me growing up as, as a level of self-expression, but also just to feel my emotions more fully. So when I was on my tour in 2003, I was invited back to my old high school, my old college, and they had asked me to share my story of how I got to the place I did where I was creating music that I loved and wrote and touring with this. And uh, as a thank you, the professor had me at the college. Uh, I spoke to their leadership department, sent me a thank you uh, in the mail, photocopying um, some of the journal entries of the of the kids who I spoke to at the college. And when I got home from that six-week tour, I received that package in the mail, and it was it was a wake-up call with with the difference that can be made in one hour with somebody. And the responses from the students were, you know, I didn't think I could even entertain taking that out-of-state internship, but after something that I had said to them, and I'm not sure exactly what that was, they felt like, why not? Why couldn't they take that leap? So I began the Live Your Passion Tour, which combines music, spoken word, and uh, lecture to connect the students with their passions and to open their eyes to see that they didn't have to necessarily choose one path that they could weave their passions together and potentially create a, a new product or a new service that didn't currently exist in the world. And I give them the example of Facebook where you look at the love of technology and the love of community and putting those two things together and look at the phenomenon that we all participate in now. Uh, so the Live Your Passion Tour has really been close near and dear to my heart. And, uh, and, and, and using music as a source of healing and inspiration and empowerment for others, which is why I created the Musicians Making a Difference Festival to create a community around well, we, musicians wait a minute, we, who use their we music. Actually have, we thing. have a question for you. We have a question for you on that one. So we don't want to let out yeah, all sure. the goodies on that one. Is that okay, Anne Marie? Oh, okay. Yeah, great. sure. We have, yeah, we have a really good question at the end, so we don't want to give them the good things right now. But, Anne-Margaret, we want you to meet Mr. Jay Logan, who's out of San Francisco, and is our co-host together. Mr. Logan, would you please meet Anne-Margaret Redding? Hello, Anne-Margaret Redding. How are you? Nice to meet you, Jay. <laughs> yes, um, we got a lot of rain out here, and it's just um, a lot of flooding out here, so it's kind of wet. I mean, we haven't had this much rain in uh, Years, so um, I just wanted to let you know that's why I'm a little bit coming late to the show because I have to drive through flooded areas. Oh wow! <laughs> well, it's good to good to have you on. I'm glad to, I'm glad to have you on too. Nice to meet you. So Jay, I know you have a question for Ann Margaret. I was actually going to sneak in and take that one, but I said no, I won't do that to you. Okay. Um, I wanted to know about the um, MAAD Festival and how you use music to connect people. Sure. So the MAD Fest, it's Musicians Making a Difference, so it's MMAD Festival. Uh, it takes place every year in New York City and then also in Denver, Colorado. We've had one festival up in Boston, but we're still developing that one at this point. 
what I wanted to do out of my uh, outreach with the Live Your Passion Tour was to find other musicians who did the same thing with their music in their own unique way and bring us together and celebrate, bring attention to these artists who were, who were really making a difference with their music. And do you have to have can, a certain you, type of music? Can, do you have to have a certain type of genre of music to be in this festival? What no, it's of? actually open. That's a great question. It's open to all genres. Uh, the first one we we had took place back in uh, 2003, and it was down at CB's Gallery, right next to the old CBGB's Club. And uh, we had everybody represented there from a lot of different styles of music, representing everything from uh, environmentalism. Uh, outreach to uh, those who ha- are are survivors of those who have committed suicide uh, and wow. outreach and nonprofits that support the gamut across the board based on each artist's unique vision or experience or just passion for helping others. So there are a lot of different genres that are involved. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to know, Ann-Margaret, is you know, how do you infuse music, yoga, ministry, and women together? Well, that's a very good question, Gail. I feel sometimes like I'm a little crazy juggling all of these different things, but, uh, you know, if I practice what I preach, all those passions somehow find their way of working themselves together. And I have a New Moon Women circle that uh, it's a women's group that's met once a month since uh, January of 2003 and this serves as a once a month gathering for women to come together and truly be empowered and uh, we have created a website now called newmoonwomen.com and in indigenous times women would Mm -hmm. come together and and really uh, commune together to connect with their intuition to connect with what was the best for their tribe, et cetera. So this is rooted in those traditions. But what our mission is for New Moon Women is empowering a global network of women who raise the vibration of the planet. And I say raise the vibration because that's my overall reaching uh, intention, my mission in my life, I believe. And raising the vibration means connecting others with their, their wealth, not just their monetary wealth, but their physical wealth, their mental wealth, their spiritual wealth, and their community wealth, so that through yoga, through well-being, through awareness or self-reflection, through empowerment, through community, uh, that they're raising their own frequency in order to be able to attract lives that really match uh, their desires, what they desire to create in their life. Hmm. Hmm. Jay, I'm just going to sneak sneak in here with one question. (laughs) You know, a a lot of people don't know what it means to raise their frequency. They don't even know how important that is, okay? They think it's energy, but it's really frequency. Can you say more about what that is to some of our audience members who don't understand what raising our frequency means so that it's in alignment with the things that we would like to have in our lives? Absolutely. When I first started doing yoga, I was raised very strictly Catholic, so I I wouldn't put my hands in prayer. I wouldn't bow or chant or om or anything like that when I first started practicing yoga. And I I just wanted to experience uh, an understanding, a logistical understanding of why I was doing these things. And so it began to to catapult me down a, a path where I really began to study 
what 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 the power is of of frequency of sound waves what the power is of mantra something you say to yourself over and over again and i began a pretty in-depth uh study into the chakras uh which is which are different energy points in the body and how they relate to uh everything our mental our physical our emotional patterning why we do what we do and as a result why we attract what we attract and I began through my studying to find so much connection to scientific proofs that, say, for example, when uh, many of us have heard that it's very powerful to put yellow flowers in our office or paint our office walls the color yellow. And maybe you haven't heard that, but that's something that's actually taken from the frequency of yellow, uh, which has a specific marking in the scientific measurement of that energy. And as a result, that energy has a motivational impact on you when you're working throughout your day. Uh, now, that only scratches the surface of, of the power of using colors, for example, to influence your frequency. And by frequency, what I really mean is, you know, when you're going throughout your day, sometimes after you have a negative exchange with somebody, you might feel pretty low. We say things like, I feel low or I feel heavy or the energy in this room feels gross or, or um, dark in some way. So those are what we call lower frequencies, slower, lower vibrations. And then it's, for example, when we get to, together with somebody we absolutely adore and we feel really comfortable around and we're catching up, we talk faster, we get more excited, we, we feel our heart beating higher and a higher frequency even because we're getting we're getting so much out of it we're getting uplifted we're feeling that the energy in the room is high that the um, the frequency is high so that's what I mean by frequency and and we know through the studying of law of attraction like attracting like whatever vibration we're holding at any given moment determines how we're viewing the world because it's our filter so for seeing that everything mm. is terrible in the world we're going to get that back we're going to see that, not because that's the reality that exists outside of us, but because that's the filter through which we're looking. And whatever we repeat to ourselves, whatever we say out our mouths, whatever we think over and over again, those are called our mantras in yoga, in the yogic world. Whatever we say over and over and over again in our mind, whether it be this can't happen or I'm not good enough, we repeat that over and over again, and those repetitions really become patterns mental patterns, speaking patterns, relationship patterns. And those patterns really determine our belief system, like I am not good enough or this, can't, this isn't possible. And those belief patterns actually shape the reality that we constantly are either unconsciously or consciously creating in our lives. That's big. That is really big. <laughs> All right, and I know, Jay, you're going to want to jump in here on this, so I'm just going to... Give the floor over yeah, to I'm, you, sir. <laughs> I love that. I love the vibration. You know I love that, Gail, the way the vibration. Yeah, we but both I, do. So that's I, I so, I'm, Gail, I'm still excited about this, um, the, new, the new moon women. And I want to know, I mean, what is new moon women? And how do you create a circle? And how do you become an ambassador? And how do you have a membership? And what, the, what does that include? All that great stuff, because that's, that's wonderful that you're doing that kind of stuff. So I just want you to talk about the New Moon women a little bit more in detail. <laughs> sure, no problem. I actually created my first circle uh, when after I went through a bad breakup, and I realized that I looked around and didn't have the source of women in my life who could have really supported me through that difficult transition. 
And at that time, I mean, I grew up as a, a very, uh, more of a tomboy, like a sports fanatic and really into more of the boyish things growing up. So I gravitated more towards that. And to be honest with you, I just felt intimidated by other women. I was skipped the first grade, so I was I was at least a year or a year and a half younger than most of the people in my grade with a summer birthday. And and as a result, I think I just got intimidated by women and therefore kind of gradu- graduated or uh kind of flowed away from being feeling supported by that sex really and even though that was my that was my identity uh and after I went through that breakup I I said you know from now on I'm going to always have a really solid group of women around me and it started with three women in my little apartment in New York City and what I realized quickly was that how badly this was needed and also the power that women have to really lift themselves up We've tried to create men's groups as well at our at our yoga studio in Astoria, Queens, uh, but it just and my beautiful husband has been hosting that uh, every once in a while, but it just doesn't quite get the community uh, response that the New Moon Women's Circle does. And mm-hmm. the mission with New Moon Women is that through these circles, through our website newmoonwomen.com, that women all around the world will collectively focus their attention on a specific weekly theme to assist not only in their own healing, but also raising the vibration of the planet. And so what we do with the Newman Women's Circles is that we meet once a month, and then we also have a a website where I have a board of directors and all of these women write uh, different blogs and different articles on everything from a weekly challenge uh, for the women who are members of the website. You can download a daily mantra meditation that's five minutes long, so you can start your day with focusing on an affirmative mantra for yourself. There's a quote of the day that's super fun, a visionary or a featured heroine that we have each week, so one from history, one from today, an unsung heroine from our life, and then we also focus on archetype. There's so many different things that the website offers nutrition tips, weekly mocktails, medicine woman self-care practices. So wow. in the in the upheaval of how women have responded with this incredible march in D.C. of, of women coming together really uh, to support one another and to support the progress that we've made, it really does feel like now is the time for women to more fully embrace their role and, and the different power that we have than the masculine power. Uh, and how to help balance that out in the world. So wow. we, we help other women who are interested in starting their own circles, how to responsibly and safely provide an environment where women can come together and really feel empowered to share what what it is they're up to, to create an intention for their month ahead together, to feel that support from one another. And then we do a visualization of what that month ahead could look like. So uh, it's it's kind of it's very exciting because there seems to be all of these pieces that that I have been creating that my husband and I have been creating to our studio, and now in in uh, over the summertime we're going to begin a tour uh, called the Raise the Vibration Tour where we go to different cities all over the country, and we begin to assist communities in all of the ways that they can raise their own vibration through creating women's circles through creating. Uh, different practices, mantras, meditations, very practical mm-hmm. ways of helping increase their physical, mental, spiritual, communal wealth so that as 
their checkbook might wow. not look exactly how they want to, that they don't lose their sense of empowerment and how much mm. their life can make a difference. Wow. You know, one of the things I'd like to ask you, you know, on this vein is, you know, you started something called the Giving Tree Yoga Studio and Wellness Company, okay? Would yes. you share with us about this and how you use this to heal the planet with your ministry along with your husband? This is very powerful, Jay. This is really one of the areas I really wanted to just uh, – one. Of, this is one of our last questions, uh, and margaret because I know you have to go, but – this is something we sure. really like to talk, share about, and I will tell you why I'm, re- you know, Jay and I are really interested in this question. You know, um, so for our audience, Jay and I love the conversation of vibration, energy, healing, as well as, you know, Jay is uh, in music, I'm in music, uh, you know, from the business side and from the creative side. But one of the things is that Jay is a male, I'm a female, Okay. And one of the things that Jay and I truly believe in is partnership. While it's important to empower women, okay, there's a lot of things that we have to understand as empowering women that we do not emasculate men because sometimes with the growing movement we do emasculate men. So how instead of emasculating one another or fighting one another, Jay and I usually promote partnership between women and men, especially in patriarchal societies where they're still getting used to and understanding culturally, because it's always been a certain way in certain countries and cultures, to be patriarchal. And then there's some societies where it's matriarchal, but they still believe that men should be strong, they can't cry, or, you know, things of this nature. So I'd like to know within the vein of what I've just shared with you, um, and, you know, a lot of the times with Jay and I will debate, you know, having our fun on the show here. How do you use yoga and your ministry to heal the planet and bring about connection between men, women, girls, and boys worldwide? Because you've done, I mean, we can't even go into how much work you've done worldwide. So can you share with us about that? Thanks so much for saying that, Gail, because I think that that's so important, especially with the vision of New Moon Women. When I started it, it wasn't about man-hating. It wasn't about male bashing or, or being angry. It was really about helping us heal so that we could attract positive partnership into our lives. And I am so blessed to have such a beautiful husband inside and out. And we were married in 2007 and spent the first two years of our marriage in at One Spirit Interfaith Seminary in Manhattan where you go and you study all the world religions, you learn how to be a spiritual counselor and bridge divides between people of different cultures or different faiths to really create a common ground for people to stand on and communicate effectively together to work together. So that was essential. And one month before our ordination, we opened the doors of the Giving Tree Yoga Studio in Astoria, New York. Why Astoria, New York? Astoria is that this area of Queens is the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the world, according to the census. And so it was no accident that we ended up opening our studio there, really our our first outreach, uh, our first ministry, to create a home, a community where people could come and find healing from whatever background they are from. And you'll notice in our logo, when you come to our, our, our yoga studio, in the roots of our logo in the tree, it's a tree with the chakras going up the front, Uh, In the roots of that tree, you'll find the symbols of all the major world religions to show us that we do have this history for us, that we do have this uh, rich, honored history from our elders 
that is giving us so much information through all of these practices, all of these uh, religions from around the world, yet it's time that we collectively integrate that wisdom into the great of this of the great spiritual masters with our own intuition and our direct connection to divine, whatever that is, God, creator, universe, love, whatever name you give that energy. So, uh, and behind our logo, we see a, an orange circle, which in the chakras, that's that center of community. And it represents the critical relevance and profound influence mm-hmm. of conscious community. Uh, so you, you have the freedom to grow among that support. And we've traveled to, we traveled to Africa, India, Peru, Brazil, we've traveled all around the country sharing our teaching and beginning to raise the vibration of those areas to empower those areas in whatever way that we can through our programming. Wow. Well, I know that Jay has some questions for you as well. One last one, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Well, I wanted to know, like, through your music, um, do you put these vibrations into your music so they so it comes out when people listen to it and they're healed, or do you believe that's even possible to put the right vibrations and the right tone and the right uh, instrumentation in your music? Because I'm you know I'm a musician, like y'all says, and and I'm trying to do these things and experiment with these things. And I was just trying to get some other thoughts from people about healing music that heals. Yes, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I. I I certainly, that is my intention. I, whether it be, and it doesn't all have to be happy, positive, uplifting music. It might be a song, like there's one song of mine called Thrive. And I wrote that after I got off the phone and was furious with the person I had just got off the phone with and knew I needed to channel that energy some way. Otherwise I'd be stuck with this, this rage inside of me. I just got so triggered. And, and so I wrote that song to release that for myself, but then also be able to tap into that song to really feel that energy or those emotions and express them in a, in a powerful way. I remember when Alanis Morissette first came out with her first album, nobody had expressed rage like she had as a woman, nobody. And I think that that why she was so popular is because people actually found a voice in her voice, not so not to mail bash or not to criticize, although some people I'm sure went in that direction. But I think that, Raising your frequency is really being tapped into your authentic voice to be uh, aware of the waves that you're riding as a human being, that we're not shooting for happiness. My belief is that our goal should be peace, peace with being human, peace with having an emotional body so that we're going to be guaranteed to have pain. We're going to be guaranteed to have uh, sadness and grief and anger and it's not about fighting those emotions or making them wrong, but being able to uh, ride the waves of them, learn from them, channel them in very beautiful ways. We all watch horrific mm. movies that are so ex- so sad and so devastating, and we're bawling through it. But why do we do that? Because we need to express our emotions. So I think my so music, true. what I intend with my music to do is to me my healing, to be able to express, and then also inspire others to step into their greatness more so to to shed what's getting in their way, what's not theirs, what they've been projected, uh, what's been projected on them and what they've adopted from others' projections and free them up to be really their most authentic self and uh, their their unique gift to the world. It's funny you should say this, um, Anne-Margaret and and uh, Jay, because Jay knows I've been, I've been writing music all my life but and writing poetry. 
and Anna Margaret knows this too, Jay, because we've known each other for years, but I never put anything out, okay? I've been in the music industry from the business side. You know, one of those people who's the closet, you know, you're the business person, but you're really the closet person who really sure. wanted to sing, you know what I mean? And Jay always sure. laughed. He said, you can sing, you can sing. Yeah. But it was always in my heart to um, to release it. When my mother passed away, I finally released a song that, you know, um, not to scare anyone on the phone, but, you know, Jay and I have our own empathic ways as well. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that came up was that I wrote the song for my mother as a poem before she passed away. And my mother never believed in, she believed in you should show your emotions and, you know, feel what you feel, but always celebrate, find a way to always celebrate. And I wrote something called Never Alone, which we're releasing and um, Jay is a part of and all of us are a part of, we're releasing soon. And you know, you know how this goes, Jay and, and, and Margaret, it is a, when you want to do something right, it can take you sometimes one day or 10 years, you know? So mm-hmm. when I wrote, when I wrote Never Alone, it was about bringing people together. You know what I mean? And no yes. matter what I do, it's like sometimes you want to quit, you know, along the way when you have your own project. You know, like with Jay's new project coming out, we're really excited. We want to support him with it, and we're going to do that. But when you have your own project, it's like, ugh, you know. And the vibration of the song, um, when my mom passed, it was connected with Whitney Houston for some reason. And and yesterday I'm sitting in a meeting, and all of a sudden Whitney Houston comes on, but at the same time we had no idea that she was coming on on the radio and someone was, was playing the Never Alone song listening to it. And you're just reminded, you know, the vibration of the healing, you know what I mean? That no matter what, yeah. I may not hear it for I don't know how long, but there is a healing to it. And when I created that, the vibrations that I was dealing with was not about, oh, I'm crying over my mother. No, it was, oh, let's bring people together to do the things that they've always wanted to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of doing it, instead of doing it alone. Cause we all have tendencies to get out there and whatever project or whatever company or whatever thing we want to do, we do it alone. We'd say, well, nobody else. So it, the whole thing was to bring people together because we were so into, you've got to get into yourself to know who you are that we forgot about the collective being together. And yes. that's what, you know, so now this world is all about collaboration and that's what we have to look forward to. So that was one, that was my reason for writing that song to bring that to bear. Not because, oh my God, it's, we're all depressed. You know what I mean? So hearing you say well, that. I think and, that's, yeah. You know, oh no, please go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, Gail, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad you did that because you're, what you're just saying right now, and I think there's no accident you're sharing about what you're sharing is that the incentive behind everything I do is to bring healing to those dark sides of people, to the shadow aspect that we so we so reject in ourselves, uh, things that we try and hide from others, things that we think are wrong about ourselves. Uh, it really is more prominent than people realize. And my my personal experience is that the way out of that is to not resist it, to understand where it comes from, and to also have the power of community around you. And if you look at one of the top ten causes of death in this country, sadly, suicide is in that top ten. Now, the sobering fact mm-hmm. is that suicide, that, that statistic, doesn't factor into the attempts. 
the failed attempts, and it doesn't factor into the suicidal thoughts that people deal with on many times a daily basis. And the power of community, people get addicted for, for uh, many different reasons to substances, to work, to negative mind chatter. But if you look at the statistics and the research behind addiction, the number one cause for addiction, be it loneliness or whatever it is, is isolation. And so the power of community will not only support people in recognizing their addictions and free themselves up from it, but also help them deal with the right, just being human, what it means to be human and to have some of the most difficult emotions we do have, whether we lose somebody or whether we are struggling with our own mental challenges. And so mm. that, is, that is why I think it's so important to, to build a strong community and to have that community be able to pick you up when you're going through something difficult like the death of your mother or when you are struggling with your own self and can't pick yourself up off the ground. I think to, yeah. you know, no man is an island, no woman is an island. I think that's a saying for a very strong reason. And uh, when we focus our collective intention, there have been amazing studies where uh, there would be a group of meditators just simply focusing their attention on one thing that would gather around a lake and they would take the levels of toxicity of that lake and measure scientifically. And after meditating collectively for an hour or two hours together around that lake, they had decreased the toxicity levels by a dramatic mm -hmm. and, and irrefutable amount. So there's so much power in frequency and in raising your vibration individually and collectively with your community will completely transform how uh, we relate to being human and being on this journey individually and together. Well, well, I just, you know, one of the things I do want to say is that, you know, this, when I wrote the song, Jay and, and Anne Margaret, it was really nothing to do with depression or being down. It was actually, you know, Anne Margaret and Jay want to start a company together, right? But Jay is used to working by himself and Anne Margaret's used to working by herself. And they say they're working together, but they don't have, they, they want to work together, but they don't, their mind is not trained to working together, if that makes sense. So it's really about, you know, uh, people not forgetting family, you know. Uh, go back to having dinner with your family. Go back to hanging out with your friends. Not even alone in that way. It's more alone like I'm doing my schoolwork by myself. I don't need any help. But more like getting people used to, you know, hey, let's let's do it with help. You know, let's do it with support. You know, kind of like along the, that, uh, that route. And because I think, you know, we have like – we have a lot of work out there for people who are going through depression and things like that. And, and I think as much as we make our mistakes as a society, we are trying to support and help with that area. I wanted to take it to the next step, raise the vibration from where anyone is when we get so into tunnel vision, we're working all day, 20 hours to get to eat or whatever, raise your head up and let's have a good time together. That's, that's where we want to, you know, bring everyone to. Yeah, agreed. Couldn't agree with you more. But, the, you know, it's, it's um, and why is that important? You know, it's like the, the sad reality, though, is, Gail, that so many people, even if it's just sadness, they don't even know how to be sad, hmm. you know, hmm. and uh, to actually just be there. And I love with writing this song is like how to, how what's the importance of family? What's the importance of community and being together? I think it's just beautiful and well, important. Thank you. you know, and 
You know, Jay, I have Jay and and Margaret. I have a question for both of you, actually, and this is absolutely the last one. Um, I every Tuesday, I'm sure you both are familiar with Marianne Williamson. She wrote the poem for Nelson Mandela, you know, and also sure. Course in Miracles and things like that. And one of the things she said is, we want to medicate everyone when they, you know, when they say, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, I don't. She said, no. A gentleman stood up yesterday and said, you know, I've not been with uh, my boyfriend for two weeks and I'm sad and I don't know how to get through it. She said, so you're in a place where you can't even own that you need to go through that grief, that you're, you know, value yourself enough. We have to stop self-medicating or, you know, have pharmaceutical companies give us medication. You're supposed to go through that grief. That part of that is how you grow up or you stay stunted in the same place. But you won't stay there. You just have to be allowed to go through when there's a loss. You have to, your body has to go through that. I want to ask you both, what do you think about that in terms of music raising, you know, the, the pain level or taking one through? Because a lot of people use music to take them through pain, or even if someone is feeling good about something, they use music to take them through that. What do you both think about that? not medicating, but naturally going through the pain, using music to do that or whatever, and, and to get out over on the other side. Because some people want to take the shortcut and skip through and say, okay, break up, that's fine. Next. Well, I, I'd be happy to chime in uh, and say that I'll preface everything I'm about to say by uh, acknowledging that Western medicine and, and the medication and the pharmaceuticals, I believe, do have a place for those who are unable to get past that that and make that step beyond. However, there are so many ways that we can help to balance, especially our emotional well-being, through uh, very inexpensive, if not completely free, ways that are not harming for our physical bodies, that have no side effects, that are in the fine print uh, and, and different ways to uplift us and process what we feel. I agree that music is definitely one of those forms of therapy. Uh, there is an essential oil revolution going on right now where people are using therapeutic oils and the, and the vibrations of, that are found in nature to help combat everything that you can possibly imagine. Uh, there are so many... Uh, so many different sources of nutritional support through uh, through items found in nature as well that that are not are being ignored because you can't patent them. Uh, when we were down in in the Peruvian Amazon setting with shaman, they they would through their translators communicate how the companies would come down and try and patent to make a synthetic version of the plant or the flower or or the vine. And uh, in order to make profit off of it, and yet it's still synthetic. So the way that our bodies receive synthetic versus the natural uh, plant, the actual what's found in nature, our body actually rejects it. It knows better. The wisdom of our body is far greater than the wisdom of our ego or the wisdom of our brain. So it will tell us what it rejects or what really aligns with it. And uh, so there are a lot of different ways, different therapies, uh, and we we are just scratching the surface through neuroscience and our, our advances in studying the brain with how impactful our thoughts are and that most people are walking around being slaves to their brain rather than being the master of their thoughts. 
rather than using their thoughts, their words, to consciously create their lives. More so, on the other end, they feel like they're just surviving. They're just rolling through life, victimized by circumstance or happenstance. And really, they have absolute access to cultivating that experience within themselves to consciously create it. Uh, and, a, and a joke I use with my students sometimes is it's very difficult to be angry and do jazz hands, like bring your hands up and kind of shake them out. Like there, it's, there are silly things we can do with our physical bodies. There, there are thoughts or music that can help us align with a higher frequency, a higher vibration that combat our everyday um, trials or difficulties. And really, I think it all comes back to patterns. Whatever we're practicing, and we've had a lot of years, depending on how old we are, we've had a lot of years practicing unconscious behaviors that make us miserable, that make us suffer, whether it be the unconscious thought of this will never work out. We've been practicing that just like a musician. So the first time you learn a scale as a musician, you must go very slow and deliberate with your fingers, thinking and processing every note. After you've practiced that and, you know, you've spent, according to some, 10,000 hours, you become a master and you don't even have to think about it anymore. It's your second nature. Well, our second nature Mm -hmm. is a result of every unconscious thing that we've been developing. So part of our programming with Rays of Vibration is to consciously create what we call a third nature. And that third nature is our conscious creation of our thoughts, our words, our life, our community. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And those are well, all ways we can combat uh, that. So that's what be that would be my contribution. <laughs> that's a that's an amazing well, contribution. What about your thoughts, Jay, um, on the question? Well, I think that, that that music operates in several different dimensions that we are exist in, you know, in our subconscious and and in other formats. And it does the vibrations when 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 ancestors raise the vibrations. That's the thing that I think that really heals people. Um, music can take you back to a good time. It's like a time machine, and it could take you like back and forth. And you can go to good places, so you can feel good. And the whole thing about music, it makes you feel good. And and then you got some music that kind of makes you feel not too good. But you have different forms, and it's not the it's it's, it's like a give and take type of thing. There's a um I think I think you have to really trust yourself and um trust your good feelings so you can heal. Um I think Anne had a song she said something like trust no doubt trust no doubt trust and you need to trust your your body and trust yourself so you can feel good about things. Cause a lot of times people trust other situations and they never really let themselves heal themselves. And I believe that we have everything in us all the vibrations are built in us to heal ourselves, and most people just don't know that. And that's what the music exactly is. because you, you you can't touch it, but you can hear it. You can't really see it, but you know it's there. And that's what spiritual and the yoga and all of these things that we're doing to heal ourselves to realize that you know we are energy never leaves. We're here. I am something. I am alive. And that's why I like what you're doing, Anne, because I'm looking at all the little things and all the the rays of vibrations and all the stuff that you have worked on. And wow, I mean, I mean, I, I have so many more questions. I hope we can get you back on the show because it's, you know I came on a little late, 
but just, just some more things I want to ask um, Gail, and I'm so glad you have a relationship with her, and I'm glad she's on the show. And music is a healer. That's what it does. It is. Uh, it really does, you know, and, and, and in closing, and Margaret, it was, so for me, Jay, this is quite personal because Anne Margaret and I have known each other for some years, and um, I remember when Anne first started. You remember Anne Margaret when you first came, and we we did um, some transformational work together. And I remember when she first came, and you know, in, in this particular class that we did, um, you had to create a game in the world. And when they say game in the world, they meant it was real, you know, and it taught us how we communicate ourselves to the world, so we could shift that within the game. The game is really a project or something we create in our life. And I remember Anne Margaret's music, and I remember how it touched us, and I remember how she was always so soulful in her connection with us. It's, you know, for me, Anne Margaret's already was always gifted from day one, not only with her music mm. and her yoga, but also how much she she never just gives a portion and just holds back for herself. When she's with people, she gives 150% of herself. And even when you meet her for the first time, her hello is truly all of her saying hello. And when I say that to our audience, they understand what I'm saying. Usually when we greet each other, it's a, it's a superficial or a surface hello because we, don't know, we feel we don't know each other. With Anne Margaret, there is no boundary. There's no blockage. You're clear that she is really connected to you in that moment and with you saying hello, you know. And... um that's all I can say. So, Anne Margaret, I hope you will be back on the show with us. Oh, thank you so much, Gail. I, I really just appreciate everything you said, and uh, and and just something that just I want to leave everybody with, and just leave you guys with is that you know we don't really listen to the radio so much anymore. Some of us do, but that radio is the perfect example for what we mean by raising your vibration that whatever energy that we're operating at, whatever our vibration is, just like a radio channel, it has to be set to a specific frequency in order for the channel to come through. So just Mm. be very mindful of your frequency and what you're attuning yourself to, watch who you're speaking to, who your community is, and just Mm. be very mindful of how you speak to yourself because that sets your frequency and attunes you to something a life either that you're loving and that you feel alignment with and is evol- like evolving in your own beautiful way or feeling stuck and suffering and really just surviving life. Life is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be lived. It's meant to be created. Uh, so thank you guys so much thank for having you. me on. Well, we're, we were so happy to have you. And as I say, we hope you'll come back. I would love to. I'd love to. It's such a pleasure to meet you, Jay and Gail. I just adore you. Always have, always will. All right. Thank you so much, my dear. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Well, Jay, wasn't it amazing having her on the show? Yes. (laughs) It was very amazing. And um, we're sending out good vibrations. (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing is, we didn't have the opportunity to get really into. She has been written up in publications all over the world. And she has done, you know, she's not just a yoga teacher. She, you know, a lot of these things she teaches like one-on-one for the average person to understand and that the things that she teaches are factual. They're not like, you know, some of the foolery or, you know, as the, the old people would say, Tom foolery that goes around, you know. Um, you know, and I love what she said about radio frequency because 
most often times the the people can't sit long. But you know, Jay, what's funny? What I'm finding, and then I know you have one or two news pieces you want to share too. What's funny is I'm I'm finding people are getting tired of uh, social media. People are not on mm-hmm. as much. Um, you, you're finding that people are, you know, and then you say, well, how are they going to hear about things? That's the first thing people are saying. But people are tired of it. People want to come off and start dealing with one-on-one. I, I ran into a, a young woman yesterday, um, and I shouldn't say young because I'm not old, but a woman yesterday who was, like, actually, like, 18 years old. And she's like, you know, social media has taken us away from, you know, being with each other. And I said, well, it's funny. I'm always saying that. And I, I almost, you know, you know Chucky from the movie Chucky? Uh-huh. I almost had mm-hmm. my head turn around and spin six times because I'm like, she's only 18. She just turned 18, and she's feeling like this. And I noticed that other um, people, young and old, they're getting tired of it. It's like, you know, because it's so much overwhelm. And what came to me is that the human mind, it doesn't, it, it doesn't mind being engaged, but the human mind doesn't like to be dictated to. After a while, it breaks away. And I think we're in that space where the media is so consuming. And with what we're going through in the chaotic uh, issues of the world, I think people are tired of being plugged in. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, this is the this is the time where people don't, their concentration levels aren't like they used to be. And they don't, they don't, they're tired, you know. They're, I'm, I have to say, I'm kind of tired too. Even though we do it because it's part of the mainstay, it's part of what we have to do in this new techn- world of technology. But yeah, you know, people want to go back to the wonderful times where time lasts longest. Because what this technology has done, from my point of view, is dealing with this throughout the years. The technology has made time speed up because you're so busy doing everything. You're not thinking about the simple things. That's just relaxing and enjoying your life. We're so busy. Right. Oh, I got to get that call. I got to answer this back. I got to email this person back. I got to be over here. I got to be over there. We're so busy. I got to get trans- transported over here. I got to send this here. We forgot that you're supposed to live. And that's right. And this know, is what I've talked when about I all kid, this. When, it, all kids, this. when your kids, things go slower. But when you get into this new, this new world of technology, Everything is sped up, and if you don't have it, if it doesn't happen right now, doesn't do it right now, then you're out. Everything has to happen right now. When you order online, you want your stuff now. When you, <laughs> it's the communication. Well, everything is so fast. We, we've talked we've talked about this before, where I've said you, you sit there and you get mad because the page on the on the internet does not <laughs> move fast enough. The other thing yes. is that the brain. The brain cannot move. reason why people are going into mental illness, depression, bipolar, and all of these other areas, the reason why, you know, as we talk about frequency, that's where the brain is going or the brain isn't as strong or we get depressed is because society is moving at such warp, and I do mean warp speeds that the human brain cannot contain and connect with. And when the human brain cannot contain and connect with or even even reach out or ascertain what's going on, like it, it can't keep up, it shuts down. It shuts down automatically. And, you know, um, the other thing to this, too, that I came across this week is another gentleman, you know, and you know I'm very holistic. I go to the doctor if I really have to. And he said to me, you know, 
he's an, a much older guy. And he said, you know, I asked him, I said, how do you keep in such good shape at your age? I didn't mean to say it like that. He said, because there's three areas that we deal with. The pituitary gland, which when, as, for men and women as they get older, it doesn't. The GI tract, which is our stomach, our intestines, or whatever, and how we digest our food for the liver to do its cleansing. So you're saying, what does that have to do with what Jay and I just talked about? It has a lot to do with it. Because if your pituitary gland, from the time you are five years old and older, whether male or female, is not fed properly food-wise, if you don't have the correct amino acids and things like that, you won't mature properly, which means your brain, again, is sluggish and can't keep up. Your GI tract, your stomach, and so forth, you, if you eat all the proper things but your GI tract is a mess, it won't work. If you don't have the correct digested enzymes, you know, uh, probiotics or whatever it is, so that you can correctly digest your food, you're in trouble. And then there's a pH balance in our bodies which can also take our bodies down, take our frequency down, our moods down. You know, a lot of people don't realize alkaline. Our bodies are alkaline, mostly water. I drink alkaline water. Um, I actually go and open up a Thai coconut to get electrolytes from the water inside the coconut. And people are like, well, that's extreme and whatever. Well, it's basically like what Ann margaret just shared. People are going to other countries to create a synthetic base of something or genetically modified base of something, the body doesn't connect. I was wondering, you know, for a long while, Jay, I couldn't smell. I couldn't smell my fruits and vegetables. I couldn't connect with what I was eating. And now I'm noticing that the food coming back into the United States is better because I can actually connect. My body doesn't want the junk food. It actually gets rid of it. So I say that to say with the speed of technology going the way it is and the human brain and us feeling like we can't keep up, it makes us feel like we're behind. And when we feel like we're behind, it's hard for us to be happy. It's hard for us to connect with our family and our friends and everything because we're constantly being told online, you, you know, if you don't, did you read this article? Did you do that? Let's look at the Facebook app, Jay. The Facebook okay. app I, I became addicted to. I had to, I have, what I do is I download it and undownload it literally every day because what happens is if I even know it's on my phone, the rate that you're getting news that's coming into your feed, sometimes people don't even read what they're getting. They read the heading, oh, that sounds good, and they share it. It's an automatic, right. we're on automatic pilot. And then, when you get, and then when you get off of there, then you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was so like that. Or we didn't realize we were so like that, you know? Or you're sitting down, and, and, and when, you know, especially when I see a couple and they're mad at each other. The guy or the woman will go to their phone, again, getting away from what needs to be dealt with in the relationship. And this is what the 18-year-old girl was yelling about yesterday. She said, it's hard for me to have a relationship with a guy because he can't even connect emotionally. She even, you know, the things that I've said many times, we've become cold. There's no feeling. And she said, I don't know how to live in this world, she said, because I'm only 18 and I don't know how to connect because people have no feeling. And she said, my mother and father raised us to have feelings. And that was, like, really powerful for me to hear because I'm like, it has gotten us to the point that this is where we are. So it's not technology. It's not bad. Never has been. You know, we've got artificial well, intelligence coming. So <laughs> that's going to be a trip. And artificial intelligence composing music, Mr. Logan. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be different. <laughs> I was going to say, too, now, there's some 
some people in the industry, I'm not saying any names, but, you know, I, you try to call these people you've been knowing for a long time, and they get offended because you called them. They would rather you text them. So what is the world coming to, Gail, when you people are it's like, why did you call me for? You should have texted me. Where, where are we going? Oh, I just because the conditioning. It's the conditioning. Look, think about it. Think about this, Jay. You, you know, we get up in the morning, right? Once you do something for 21 days, it's a habit. So every morning you get up or your wife gets up or my husband gets up or I get up or one of, we all get up to go to work, right? Somehow we just get up, we have to go to work, okay? When we are not getting up to go to work, that's why not only not the lack of money or the lack of whatever that fear, scares us, something feels like it's taken away because we've been conditioned. You're also conditioned that you get off, most people get up, go in by 9 and out by 5. When you're not out by 5, your body is like, oh, my God, i got to do overtime. Oh, my God, i got to stay. Oh, what, are you kidding me? You know, you <laughs> go through all of those things because what? You're conditioned. Again, going back to what we were talking about with Ann Margaret, that's why girls and boys, men and women, it's a powerful thing. And, you know, um, T.D. Jakes, who we know well, okay, he was talking about this when he had three men on to talk about something that was really powerful. And I think you'll really love this where we can end our show on today. There was a man and a, uh, a little boy who apparently the video went viral with 400 or 40 million views. And it was a little boy who was in martial arts, and he cried. And the gentleman told him, it's fine to cry, because he couldn't break the board. And the gentleman said, to, uh, when T.D. Jakes had him on, he said, why do you teach us? He said, you know, he said, I've been a, a teacher for many years. He said, but my teacher, he said, I never forgot. He said, I used to lay drywall and um, construction. And I was so tired getting there, and I told my teacher I was tired. He said, when I got to that martial arts class and told my teacher I was tired, he worked me out two hours straight, more than he had ever done in the 15 years I'd been under him. And he said, now, he said, does, that, does tired serve you? He said, no. He said, why? He said, because being tired doesn't serve me when I need to be strong. He said, so when does tired serve you? He said, tired serves me when I'm home in my bed and I can, I can go to sleep. He said, I'm not saying that I don't need sleep. We all do. He said, but it's to show us how powerful our minds are, how powerful we are as human beings at how we condition ourselves. So he said to T.D. Jakes, I don't like speaking publicly. I'm very afraid to speak and to be on a show with anyone. He said, but me being afraid, he said, the feeling of being fearful doesn't serve me. What would serve me is being excited, being joyful, being grateful that I get to be on this show to share my thoughts and philosophy about being a man. He said, that's what serves me. He said, and it is healthy for me to be fearful and all that. He said, that lets me know something. He said, but when certain feelings don't serve you for certain situations, then you've got to bring that part of you that will serve you in that moment. And that is kind of like the work that Ann Margaret and I used to do in our coaching and things like that with people worldwide. It's what's going to serve you in that moment. It's not you being fake, but bringing up out of yourself who, who that person that wants to receive that, 
So he said he had to become that person that, that of course, wants to share, you know, his martial arts and, you know, that importance that men should be allowed to show their feelings because men are often told by women without realizing it that they want intimacy or what that. And and T.D. Jakes tried to explain that men, when they provide, they are showing their love for you. He said, but what women have to teach men and men have to be open to that their presence is much is wanted as much as they're providing. They have to learn that their presence is also love. So um, I will let you in answering that on on our note. Mr. Logan, um, are you speechless? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> you said you pretty much said everything in a nutshell. I'm just, you know, it's like I, 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 I agree. You know, I'm just. It's, <laughs> There's nothing else else to add. I, I would like to um, maybe talk about some of the news topics that I thought was kind of funny, um, if that's okay, that, Gail. I think we uh, should do that. I think we should end okay. on that note. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, I, mean, I saw this new thing. Um, it's called um, – do you like Pop-Tarts? Cause do you remember those Pop-Tarts? <laughs> I still eat them. Don't make us sound old, Jay, here. Okay. Okay. Well, they got this – they got Pop Tarts, burritos, gel, nachos. They got Pop Tarts, milkshakes, and you know I'm kind of jealous because they're doing all of this in New York City and it looks delicious. And I'm like, you know, you know, I gotta watch what I eat, but I'm like, I'm looking at these new Pop Tarts and, and how they're doing it now. And you can um, you can check this stuff out um, right there in uh, in New York. I don't know where exactly it is. I think it's the, the Kellogg's New York City restaurant in Times Square. You might have been there, Ooh. You know, but um, I, I don't know if I could do pop tarts shake. Oh, I don't know because I just like my regular pop tarts because they're so good. I don't, I don't know if I could do pop tart shake. Yuck! They, they got shakes and fudge sundaes, and they have chocolate chip cookie doughs, and they got burritos. They got tacos. I mean, it's pop tarts heaven. So maybe you can you can take the show over to the pop tart calf one day. Or you're down in Times Square. And um, we can maybe interview somebody down there because I'm just curious about this stuff because it looks delicious when I'm look you know when I'm looking at it. And um, so I well, we'll to, have one of the staff. We'll have one of the staff do that because I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be going down to the pop tart place. And no, no, we'll have one of the staff do that. That's uh, you know, that's let them have fun doing that because I have to be honest with you, I can't see myself. You know, when I think of a burrito, I'm thinking of cheese and meat and and beans and salsa and all that good stuff. I'm sorry, I'm not it, it, thinking of a strawberry. And then add a pop tart. No. Okay. Oh, that's just gross well, for me. No offense, Kellogg's. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Jay, I'll, I'll leave that one to you, okay? I just can't. Oh, that is just, I can see a crepe with strawberries in it. I love that, but no, no. Mm, no, I don't think so. But I, I'll let you enjoy well, that then, one, Jay, because Send, send, send one of the, the, the Listen Gears interns down there and um, and then let them check them out. And then they, maybe they can report Well, maybe back. we can send one. Of, uh, well, or, or you know what you could do? You could send a Savoy intern over to New York so they can enjoy some time oh. or just to interview them. Okay. Maybe we can do that. You know? Yeah. So th- this way, you know, it won't, it, it won't be my, it, it won't be our interns over here saying, yuck. <laughs> we 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 won't take that responsibility. We'll let you have that fun. Like I said, no offense, Kellogg's is just oh no, can't do that. No, I'm sorry, Jay. I just can't. Can you imagine a, a strawberry 
burrito. It, I, the strawberry jelly, I think, would be too much for me. That that would be like sixty six hundred pounds in itself. You know, right. that is like totally six hundred pounds. Imagine that. That's six hundred pounds. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm. Re- I don't think I'm ready for that. I really don't. But you know what, Jay? I will leave that to you because I know you you are you love to gain weight. Okay, I'll I'll let you gain weight. Okay. <laughs> But they might have a vegetarian. How's that? Well, now that I wouldn't mind. They they have a vegetarian, or you you pulling my leg? Yes. No, 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 no. They have a vegetarian uh, pop tart that you know. For those who want the green, you know, they can indulge in that, and they have it. Well, it's funny you should say about the green, sir, because I'm actually sitting here with green charge, which is apple, pineapple, banana, mango. Kiwi, kale, spinach, chia seed, flax seed, barley, spirulina, alfalfa, and chlorella. Wow, that sounds good. The other bit of news was there's 76 students uh, drawn from a New York City public school. And, they, you know, they all like different nationalities and you know, low-income kids, and they're embarking in a new curriculum, and it's called Bean 6 or Bean 7. And Beam 6 has already been done, but this year I guess it was, it's going to be Beam 7. And these are like math geek subculture kids who love math, and they, they, they're, they're just doing great things. And I hope that program comes out to San Francisco. So I just want to um, let everybody know it's like a math whiz camp, and it's called Beam. And uh, hopefully it will come out to San Francisco. So I wanted to spread that news and spread that good word. Um, see, you guys in New York, you guys know how to do it, you see. I got to kind of, you know, get these San Francisco people, you know, up to speed because you, you, know, you guys are leaving us out there. You might want to be careful about talking about your San Francisco people. You know, you have to talk to them when you get off the radio. I do. I'm going to talk, talk to them about this bean thing because I want to see if they have anything like it here. I, I understand what you're saying. I have to be careful. I'm just yeah, talking to you. Know, if you start, you, but, you know, if you start talking about them saying San Francisco's not hip, you know, San Francisco might get offended. You know, you better be careful. I won't tell, though. Okay, I won't tell. <laughs> I will not tell. But you just might, you know, they might be a little upset. But I won't. I won't tell. I'll keep it just between you and I. How's that? Okay, keep it. Keep it between you and I right now. Um, and the last bit of information I just want. This is to you, Gail. Well, Santana has been throwing a little bit of shady stuff on Beyonce, kind of saying that she cannot outsing Adele. Okay, now don't start. Don't start. Don't start. Okay, do not. No, 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 no. Don't. No, no. Don't start. Okay, do not start on that one. Okay, that is. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just. Yeah, I know, but you know what they say about the messenger. You know what they say about the messenger now. Okay, you're about to get yourself in trouble here. I'm a Beyonce girl, (laughs) and I'm an Adele girl, so you can't. Oh, I know. I couldn't believe he said that. And the thing is that, you know, what we what we have to look at there is I think I think what the thing is that Beyonce what a lot of people don't understand about Beyonce, she works very hard. Her you know, she works very hard, she works very hard to be different in what she does. And you have to say something about an artist who keeps reinventing herself. And I think that is what Adele was acknowledging, like, you know what? I love her. She's different. I like her work. I like what she does. And that 
was that was very important. That was very that was powerful. But the most important powerful thing is what no one caught. It was symbolic hmm. that she broke the Grammy in half. It was symbolic because what she was trying to say is not only is it a woman to woman, but it is color. It is color. It, it, there's no difference between me and Beyonce. And that's pretty powerful. See, that's the point that right. no one is getting. That's the point no one is getting. I'm black. You're white. I sing a different genre of music. You sing a different genre of music. And we both appreciate it. She left Beyonce in tears because it was appropriate. It wasn't out of place. And if anyone actually took the time to see her other part of her interview, I was like, oh, my God. Because the other part of her Hmm. interview, she really, after the Grammys, with the news, came out even stronger. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that it's the importance that we don't see, the importance that we don't see that is really, really powerful. And I, I really acknowledge her so much. I really do. She's a very, very powerful woman and, and told it like she felt. So I think that that's what people forgot. It was two women. She was showing it was symbolic. It was so symbolic. She was showing partnership in the music industry. She was showing acknowledgement in the music industry. She was showing where she felt that, when, and she even said, when, I don't know if she said it on there or after, but in one of the, the speeches she said, when is it going to happen? And she left it like that. She acknowledged that she saw the oversight. So we can't. That's why they they say never compare people. Not to cut you off, Jay, but they say never compare because it's not a comparison. One of them does one sort of music and another one does the other sort of music. <laughs> that's because Jill. That's what very I'm unfair. Go. I would love. I, I, that's, that's that's correct because I would love to see Beyonce do a full Adele album, and then I would love to hear Adele take Beyonce songs and do her music. Wouldn't that be something? Because I think it's based on the music that they do. They get these different styles, and I'm pretty sure both of them can do each other's music. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I, I think that. I, I just think that you, you sing this type of, what Santana was not looking at probably. I, mean, I can't speak for him, but I think he was looking at the type of music that each one of them do. One is kind of more of a hip-hop based, and one is more song melody based. And if you switch them, I believe they both probably can do each other. I would love to see um, Beyonce sing "Hello," and I would love to see um, Adele do one of um, one of Beyonce songs as, as well. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> it w- that's why I said it's a, it's amazing work. But you see, we often forget that, and that's just what really hit me. It's like, wow, this is a woman who said no. I and I don't even know how the it still has not been left if she, if, that the Academy allowed both of them to win, or do they still have it down as um, Adele? That hasn't been cleared up. A lot of people are not still not aware because she said, I cannot accept this. That was one of the most powerful things I'd ever seen. She says, no, I cannot accept this. Wow. 
So I think that is the thing for all of us to look at. She says, no, I cannot accept this award. And I, and I leave it there. So we thank our audience today. We went way over time, and you'll be able to hear the rest of our show when you listen to it. And um, we will be putting this up for you to hear. And next week we have some big surprises, and we even have a surprise for Jay, although it's not too much of a surprise we told him. So um, really excited, and uh, Jay, I will see you next week. Wonderful. And I'm, I'm, it is a surprise. I'm still surprised. Don't, don't, don't believe it. <laughs> see you next week, Jay. Have a, I'm excited. Have a great day. And I know I am too. And we go out with Deja Vu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.